Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connections where you might not think they exist. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat. I'm listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you listen into each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, I'm talking to Marta Johnson. She is the creator and visionary behind Tree Shrugger, which offers programs and community that help us align our desire to help the environment with our sometimes complicated and complex lives. Tree Shrugger's website explains their purpose by saying they are here to tackle the gap between now and what's next for people that care about the planet but aren't seeing those values in their habits and decisions. Marta has a passion for taking those of us, me, who know the things we should do, using more sustainable products, driving less, making small habit changes, but yet we look in our drawer and have a bajillion Ziploc bags and a Costco pack of paper towels in our pantry, and we wonder, I can do better. We know we can do better, we know how to do better, but we just don't know those little steps to take and maybe we need some accountability. Marta talks about what ripples we all can create to make a tidal wave of change. And I love how she talks about improvements over perfection. Environmentalism can feel very kind of weighty or like a club that we didn't get an invitation to, but really we just need an entry point that fits for us. And that's where Tree Shrugger comes in. You will love Marta's depth of knowledge. She has tons of experience in this area. You'll love her vision and her encouragement. She appreciates the full spectrum of where people are at in their move toward environmental action. So listeners, on a whole other note, I know it has been approximately a thousand years since I put out a new episode. Summer is real. Everyone in my house is here all the time. So my fancy recording studio, my dining room, is full of people making a joyful noise. So it's a little tricky to record. I also have some new and exciting things happening in my professional life, so stay tuned for that. But those new things are also requiring a lot of energy and focus. So basically, there are things happening, and those things have not included podcast editing and recording. But... I know that you are all rad, wonderful listeners who will just accept a new episode as a pleasant surprise when it happens. Well, it's your lucky day. New episode coming at you. Here is my interview with Marta Johnson. Marta, thank you so much for coming to talk to me today. I'm oh, so excited. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we're going to talk about all the things. But let's start with whatever you want to share about who you are right now in this space and time. Um, maybe kind of why environmental stuff came on your radar or how that happened. Like little baby Marta. Mm-hmm. How, that, <laughs> how that came into little baby Marta's world. Where the seed was planted, yes. right? Yes. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, uh, environmental issues have always been really um, close to my heart, although... I think as I've gotten older, I've 
gained, I don't know, new commitments to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was really young, my mom was very focused on connecting us with experiences with nature. Okay. I don't know if it was officially called a tree hugger club, but there was something uh-huh. like that I where there were some it. kids that were, you know, engaging with nature in not really hyper planned ways, but yeah. with walks and asking questions and just getting to know and appreciating um, the natural surroundings. Mm-hmm. I um, was born in kind of a more remote area um, mm-hmm. near Greenville, and so that was really easy to connect with nature there because we lived in the woods. Yeah. Um, and then we migrated to Grand Rapids more in the city and, um, you know, avid bikers. We were, we were the one maybe out of two or maybe just one families that biked to church, uh-huh. <laughs> which you I thought was super people. cool at the time. Yes. <laughs> Sure. You did think it was cool? That no, your, okay. I did not. I was going to say, your mom did something right then. <laughs> she she figured that out. Um, <laughs> man, well, I, she probably is feeling pretty good now that I, I've come full circle. But no, I mean, it was good um, in the sense of, you know, I always felt good after biking. Yeah. But, you know, while you're going up that one hill in Reed's Lake, we went to Trinity Lutheran. And so that one hill where you're just like, <laughs> I don't know if I can make it. Should I walk it? I don't know. Right. It's, it's a little bit of a bear, but, um, so I think, you know, always having that in my, you know, um, my childhood recycling and being connected to, um, nature and appreciating that has always been important. And mm-hmm. I think as I got older, um, I became really interested. So I was actually focused on international relations. So I was okay. really interested in hu- human rights and people and, um, social justice and how we, um, how that manifests within, you know, our foreign relations at the state-to-state level. Um, and so I was going down that path, and then I stumbled upon sustainable development. Mm-hmm. And then it really, that really resonated with me. So about my senior year, I think I pivoted more into sustainable development and really creating a niche for what I wanted to focus on um, career-wise and having an environmental component with that was really important. And okay. the first job I got was really, really more working on policy for environmental issues. And okay. that then was, you know, its whole own education <laughs> after sure. college. Um, and it just really helped. I, it, it, it felt like it was the right fit for not only what I cared about, but then kind of the... Um, the higher level things that also intellectually I was like, yeah, I love policy. I love the um, thinking about solutions and engaging people. It just really tied everything together. So that's how I I developed more of that kind of more concrete path where yeah. I don't think when I was little I would have been like, I'm going to work at environmental stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I really care about people. And ultimately I think that is why I care about the environment so much is because yeah. I see the impacts on people. And then I look at my kids and I'm like, Oh, what's going to happen in 10 yeah. to 20 years? It's really, um, it can be really terrifying to think about that. Yes. Um, and so I think that that's why I got really serious about um, kind of specializing in this area and bringing my different skills to the table to um, create something interesting and new and yeah, hopefully really relevant that speaks to a lot of people. I love it. Well, I think it definitely is. And I think there's a question that I, I don't know if it's better now or later, but the whole idea of being, because I think a lot of people are just so terrified and kind of frozen about, well, it just feels so huge and how could I possibly impact anything? So I'll just like not think about it and just do what I always do. Yeah. Um, 
So kind of ways to address just the stuckness, like not even the like what to do next, but like how to get off of the starting line. Even that I think feels like a monumental task sometimes just because of the weight of it. I know the environmental issues, I think you, you, you nailed it on the head when it feels very weighty, mm-hmm. um, but it's also, it's got all of these components for just this real, um, the most gnarly of knots that you mm-hmm. have to untangle. And it's that it's very serious. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're talking about famine. We're talking about food security. We're talking about extreme weather. We're talking about dramatic population declines. All of these things are... Like, the things that we create nightmare movies out of. Yes. Um, And so I think, you know, because of the seriousness of that, and then also the complexity, it's very, even for for people that understand a certain part of, you know, you've taken some classes or um, got done some reading in a certain area, there's still all of these connections to different issues that are very challenging for people. I mean, unless you've got a PhD, and even PhDs struggle, I think, with, you know, how to, you know, link all of these different issues, and and there's no easy answer. I think if we had an easy answer, we would be there already. Um, And it it really takes all of these big, complex movements working together um, in order to make some serious progress. And so I think... When you look at all of that, it can feel very well. I mean, it's like any life issue you have where you just feel really stuck and overwhelmed. And I think if you think of it in other ways, like if you've had stuckness in a career spot, like something that doesn't feel quite as life or death, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it's easier to um, find your way out of that feeling mm-hmm. and, and look at more as like, okay, that is a reaction that I'm having to some very real um studies or uh, models that have been put out there and that are you know, grabbing headlines, mm-hmm. um, but it does not mean that that's a foregone conclusion, and yeah. there, there's so much that we can do in order to make a difference, and um, I think, it, and also not looking at every single thing that you do as the thing that will solve it, Yeah, I think it, it, if you look at it in terms of how, what ripples you can make yeah. um, to turn into big tidal waves of change. That is, and, and I'm not trying to say that in terms of like, oh, one little ripple is going to, you know, make into the, you know, turn into right. this big, you know, solution, but it, it all adds up and it all makes a difference. And if you're, you know, committed to leading into that shift yeah. and leaning into that change, um, it really can. And I, and that's why I approached it in the way that I did, which is, you know, looking at these small adjustments you can make so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel so overwhelming. You know, it's not like we're all going to be using composting toilet toilets tomorrow. Right. And it's not like we can all afford to get electric vehicles tomorrow. Right. There are, you know, big changes that would make a, a, a nice big difference in our environmental footprint, but there, it, that isn't the only thing that you can do, and that isn't the only thing that's going to make a, a larger impact. And so... When I formed Tree Shrugger, I wanted you know to do a few things. One, to make it feel really doable, yeah. so that you're not stuck in this overwhelm. That you can shake that off and feel like, yes, I can do something today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not everything, but it's definitely something, and it's leading me down this you know better path. That's not only great for the environment, but really great for my life, and it's yeah. perfectly aligned with my life. And so, I think, you know, there's that. And then the other part is. You know, getting away from this idea of perfection. Yes. I think it's really easy um, 
to do a lot of, you know, finger wagging and jumping yeah. um, on, you know, questions that people ask and saying, well, that's not the best thing that you can do. And really instead looking at, wow, that's a better thing than, you know, often what we choose to do. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, saying, yeah, that's great. That's better. And that's a wonderful next step for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, being inclusive and appreciative of, you know, wherever people are at in their, um, in how they live their life. Yes. Yeah. I love that. The idea of letting go of perfection or at least loosening up a little bit on it and that people are at different points in the spectrum. Cause I think there's plenty of people that like getting rid of, and uh, again, this sounds a little trivial, but like getting rid of paper towels would be like this huge like thing for someone and they're like willing to do that. And someone else is willing to never drive a car to work. Right. Like, and there's all sorts of things in between and beyond both of those ends and being accepting of all of that. Cause I think that is a stumbling block for a lot of people that are like, well, I'm not going to like friggin' compost all day long and sell my own clothes out of like old cloth that I've salvaged from something like, exactly, you know, then people just shut down because they think, well, that's not me, that yes. I'm not an environmental person, you know, and it's like. Exactly. So, I, yeah, it created it for people that care about the environment yeah. but aren't ready for living in the woods off of yeah. the land. Yes. And more power to those people. <laughs> that's true. And I say all of this <laughs> yes. just with tongue-in-cheek being like, I probably am viewed as a lot, from a lot of people as someone that is, like, living off the woods, which is actually not true. But, you know, it's just all about perception. And so yes. I just really wanted to bring some lighthearted and um, to and humor yeah. um, to this space because I feel like we often, you know, because it's so serious, everyone is so serious. And I think if we can approach it in a meaningful but light, you know, a little lighthearted way, um, I think it just makes it more fun. And when people want to go to the fun party, they don't want to go yeah. to the party where everyone's like, well, you know, it really could be better if the lighting was different and the right. music was better. Like, yes. that's, ugh, gross. Yeah. Just like, no. Yeah, you can't stay at that party, for yeah. sure. Like, exactly. day after day. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're, you might go for a minute. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And, and it, holding that tension of, like, you know, the meaningfulness of the change that needs to happen with, you know, having fun. I, I take it really, I take that really seriously. And I'm always, you know, every day, okay, is this a good balance? Yeah. Am I too this or too that? So I, I really am, you know, working on what that looks like um, and, and having a good balance there. But I think it's an important challenge to take on because I, I think that it's so easy to go this route, which is like, you know, basically feel good. It's kind of greenwashing maybe. There isn't a lot of there there. Yeah. And then the, you know, militant other side of it. Yeah. Well, and I like with some of your posts that I've looked at that you pair like the the switch out this or the do this or whatever with what that would mean with regard to carbon footprint. Like yeah. that makes sense, I feel like, to people, people including me, um, that like even the little stuff, I'm like, oh, well, that would make a little dip of a difference. But something that's a little bit larger, I'm like, oh, my goodness, like me not you know, me spending a whole day not using my car is a pretty big deal with regard to carbon footprint. Yeah. And you just don't think about that with intention. But that little post will make me, like, reframe a day or a weekend or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And I, it's not about – I think it's, like, what I – what I especially for the first um, launch of Tree Shrugger, I was really focused on making it 
um, accessible and interesting, mm-hmm. but not people feel like if you're not doing this, you're not living right or yeah. something. It's yes. more, you know, presenting in a way that um, translate it into something meaningful and also something that um, connects to, oh, and this actually can help you in your day in this way or yeah. help you live the life that you want to live in this way. So yeah. I think it's kind of like how to connect living in your values um, with living a, um, a life that is convenient and yeah. lovely and the way you want to live your life. Yeah. And then it's, I mean, the environment's pretty big, but it is bigger than that. Like, yeah. it's also about relationships and your values and all exactly. of that. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's just, it gets it all in there. Um, let's talk a little bit more specifically about tree shrugger. Sure. Because we've said the word, but people might not know what that means. Um, so talk a little bit about it and why tree shrugger. Why is it called that? Yeah. So I was trying, when I was... Um, I had been working on a startup that was much more technically focused, and after I had my last baby, Elaine, mm-hmm. I decided I needed something that applied all of my um, skills and knowledge in a way that was easier for me to get off the ground. I didn't have to learn microcontrollers and robotics mm-hmm. or try to find exactly who could do that. Yeah. Um, so if anybody likes microcontroller robotics, I've got a project <laughs> that you can <laughs> take on. But, um, I don't even know what that is. What's a uh, microcontroller? So it's um, it's basically, I mean, we have them all around. I don't know. I'm trying to look if there's anything around here even. But um, if you have, like, the Nest um, in your house, oh, like, yeah. that's, it's, a micro-contro- it's a microcontroller. And then, um, uh, there's, yeah, it's like a, a mini computer okay. that you can then, like, get data from. And so the data I was interested in was stormwater data, which is when you have re- heavy rain events. Um if you have uh, surfaces that can absorb that rainwater yeah. and filter it through like the Earth's natural processes, Got it. it's a lot better for our our um, the health of our streams and lakes and all of that. Um, but when we have a lot of pavement and other things, it washes all of you know different oils that are on or other pollutants and mm-hmm. cigarette butts and all of that right directly into our lakes and rivers where we swim and eat and that sort of stuff. Yes. So this this system was to make it easier to maintain kind of those. Um, naturally designed installations, which are rain gardens or bioswales to make sure that they're functioning properly or if they need maintenance and that sort of thing. Very cool. But anyway, so it's a really interesting project, but I didn't have the technical area, so I was working on a pivot um, to apply, okay, I know I have a lot of experience in sustainable business, I have Mm -hmm. a lot of experience in environmental policy and education and advocacy in different ways. I've um, gone through the Master Naturalist program just because this is where my passion is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how can I translate that into something that um, can be meaningful? And Mm so I was looking at um, different um, opportunities and I was in this group and getting to know some women and they asked you know randomly because it was more of a health and fitness group and mm-hmm. just people you know working on um, how, how they eat intentionally and you know getting um, active and stuff and they just asked are you crunchy <laughs> to everyone like and out of nowhere and I'm like oh well, where is what? this coming from um, but then I answered immediately like yeah I guess you'd say I'm crunchy I mean I wouldn't introduce myself at a party like right. that but That's you know, a very I have interesting this interesting question yeah. that they throw out and, there, and it's you know not something that I have been asked um, a lot. But I think especially because it was a lot of moms in this group, and I yeah. I just think it's something that it's evidence that it's something that's on people's minds. Yeah. You know, in terms of, and, and I think even 
phrasing it, like crunchy, yeah, um, is a very. It, it was just interesting to me because, um, I yeah, lots of things that are interesting about that question. But um, my immediate response was yes, because I'm like, oh, I environmental policy. I'm always talking to my friends about here's the latest thing on you know whatever's happening with climate change or mm-hmm. our you know protecting our water from failing septic systems. Blah blah blah. And then I came home after I, you know, did my little, because it was on, what was it called? Oh, Marco Polo or something. Oh, so I yeah. did my little video, Marco Polo, to tell yes. everyone, blah, blah, blah. Here I am, ladies. Hi, I'm Marta, and I'm Cunty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I came home, and I looked around, and in my house, um, because, you know, we have two young kids, and there were all these things that had started creeping back into my life. And mm-hmm. even as someone that's, I would say, you know, oh, I'm crunchy, or I'm an environmentalist. I saw, oh, we have seven different um, sizes of Ziploc bags. Sure. What in the world happened there? And yes. And um, there was a couple other things that, I mean, the Ziploc bags, I think, were the, the real head scratcher. Like, wow, this really crept in. And, and it's, you know, you're looking at these things of convenience. Like, oh, I needed to store my, you know, breast milk or whatever. And yeah. this was the system that worked best. And, okay, but now why do we need this? And getting yeah. these huge things from Costco. And, um, I don't know, just all of these habits and products had snuck into our lives. Yeah. That, yes, I think provided some convenience. Like, I, I don't want to say that, um, you know, they were meaningless. But it just really made me think about, wow, even people that know better yep don't always do better and yep. I'm not seeing my values reflected in what I'm buying and how I'm using things and yeah. so I said maybe and it, there was just something that shifted there and connected like maybe I need to I can figure this out on how to do this in my own home mm-hmm. but then I can also um translate that into um something that I can you know build a community around mm-hmm. and, and build some offerings around and that sort of thing like it I wasn't feeling very connected to developing a product. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea of developing something as like a service, something mm-hmm. extremely low impact um, that would help people in a meaningful way. Yeah. And so when I was looking at, I was thinking about names, yeah, I, I, I committed to brainstorming for like an hour and just writing them like at least 30 names. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to strike this balance of funny and accessible and, you know, it's not something that a normal, um, I don't know, I, I don't even say normal because there's so many, you know, different ways that people are environmentalists, but they would be feel really accessible to me that doesn't feel like they, their community is an environmental community. They don't feel like maybe they've engaged a little bit and then gotten some, you know, very powerful feedback that yes. made them feel like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Um, so I wanted to do, to strike that balance. And then amongst them was tree shrugger. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of a play on tree hugger. Uh-huh. That's great. And when I think about shrugging, you know, it's not as if you're necessarily saying, no, this is ridiculous. It's saying like, when you think about ambivalent, like I was thinking about the ambivalence of a shrug yeah. and it's not that a shrug means to me at least, and maybe everyone has their interpretation, but like, it's not as if you're saying no. It's like, oh, I'm torn. Yeah. Yeah. And so and that's why I, I land on the name Tree Shrugger is to, to really make it funny, accessible, and say there's there's some realness to feeling like it's not so easy just to, you know, do the thing and be the, mm-hmm. you know, be the person in the tree saving it from yeah. loggers or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's the story behind the name. Well, it feels very accessible, like an entry point. It's not like tree tightly holds and like tree crusader, you know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a little, it's just like, it's all those people that yeah. like need an entry point. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I've actually in being in social media, I've had a lot of people that have that other, um, like more of a crusader vibe to yeah. them. And I have to say like, when I look at the content that they're putting out there, I think, wow, that really feels like it's coming from their heart. It's authentic. Yeah, and I sure. love that they're there doing that because I think there are lots of people that are actually like, okay, I'm here and I am just feeling like I need to be on this like extreme end to feel like I am fully living in where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's awesome. And we need different um, spaces. But this was a huge gap that I was seeing mm-hmm. um, for for people is that, you know, for people that are, you know, busy and overwhelmed and, you know, do really care, there's not necessarily a place for them mm-hmm. to start shifting mm-hmm. and to start, um, start, you know, slowly building tiny little habits that can have a big impact over time mm-hmm. and then grow into um, beyond their individual footprint. Yeah. So what does it look like now? I know it's kind of in its beginning, but what is happening with it right now? And maybe then what's like the hope, the dream, the future? Oh, my word. I know. Like, how long (laughs) is this? (laughs) We got time. So I, you know, admittedly, I am a um, not a typical creative person. You know, I don't create art necessarily, Mm -hmm. like, um, but I'm a very creative problem solver. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that has been challenging with this is, you know, being very focused Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, it's not all these things. Simplify, simplify, focus, focus. And so um, I did my first beta launch of um, the first go at this Mm -hmm. and learned, I mean, the solution I had worked on just wasn't a great fit. I really want to reach, you know, people that are overwhelmed and busy Mm -hmm. um, or feeling just like they're either strapped for mental space mm-hmm. or actual calendar space or, or anything like that. And I, I really want to serve those people because if I can't serve those people, yeah. um, I think it makes it accessible to anybody that's yeah. feeling like they need a, a place in this um, in this area of their lives. And so um, the first thing that I worked on was very high touch, high, lots of guidebooks and mm-hmm. lots of um, videos going through very purposeful and intentional ways. And I think, you know, there's a lot of great material there that I'll repurpose in other ways, but what I learned is people don't have time yeah. to do all of that. Um, and people that did have the have made time for it or were able to, I should say, um, loved it yeah. and had a really positive um, a really positive reaction to it. Um, but I just looked at the majority that didn't have time to, to go through all that. And I said, I really need to rework this. And so I committed to doing a lot of interviews, which I'm still doing uh-huh. interviews if anybody wants to talk um, with people to just really get to know what sort of thing would be the best fit. Yeah. And so I'm working right now. I'm, I'm very close to having my second version, which is a very Got different it. from the first, but it's basically um, simplifying it into a once a week card system. Okay. Unseed cards. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, And then offering personalized three different actions Uh that you can choose from for the week. You don't have to do all three. Uh Um, And in fact, if if it doesn't feel like any of those, then we we have a a process that people can work through. But there's three that can help people just focus Uh and just take on one little step. Uh And then um, if they want to, to record that they've done it, then we can 
report back like, hey, here's your impact for the month. Yeah. Here's our community's impact for the month. But if they don't have time for that, that's okay too mm-hmm. because then they've got four seed cards to plant at the end of the month. Love and they're, they're planting their new um, kind of, I don't know, grove of change. Yes. Know? And so um, that's the current version. And there, there's some different aspects where we're looking at how it can also just be out in the community mm-hmm. as a game um, for people to kind of get their first step and see, oh, at, when they're at, I don't know, Hopscotch or, yeah. um, you know, all these different, you know, uh, small locally owned shops. They can mm-hmm. say, oh, I've got um, an opportunity to do this. Can I do it in the next four, 24 hours? Because that's the, the aspect of it, like do it. Very get, cool. Yeah, get it into it and then pass it on. And yes. see how many times we can pass the card. Um, Very cool. Which would be another way, and that's more of a, an outreach and marketing. Um, but then the, the the monthly program is to really get people um, something that's personalized and something that um, we can then get the, the information back as far as, you know, here's the impact. Because I think that's one of the areas that people have been telling me is like, yeah, I'm doing all these things, but what is it really doing? Yeah. What's this impact? Like, I re- really want to hear, like, what it means in terms of the positive impact I'm having in the world. And mm-hmm. so we're working hard on translating all of that into things that people care about, like better air quality, um, fewer asthma attacks in your area, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so translating into those. And so we're looking at, so each month there'll be a theme, clean air, um, plastic pollution, um, biodiversity or like pollinators, wildlife, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, And then climate change are the four areas we're looking at right now. And so then each month will have its own focus. um, And little shifts that you can do throughout the month. I love it. I don't know if I explained that in the best way. This is very new, but I'm really excited. So I don't know when this airs, but um, we should be close in the, I should say this summer, um, to offering it. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I've been doing a lot of work on making it something that's, you know, a perfect fit um, for people's lives. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I think um, certainly if people are interested, the best thing to do is probably follow you on social media and then they'll get the like, it's ready, sign up, whatever, all that yes. kind of stuff. Okay. We've cool. got, yeah, social media and then we do have treesugar.com so you okay. can get on our email list. Um, and we actually aren't doing, I think we, uh, we've we got a few um, just info base to help people understand what are plant because I use terms like planet habits mm-hmm. um, and some some things that maybe are new and so it, it walks people through okay once a week you'll get a little update on mm-hmm. um, what are planet habits and why habits versus products and mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things until we're ready to launch but um, our commitment is um, to give valuable information that's mm-hmm. really useful in a fun and simple way and so if you are signing up now or you know after we're launching, either way, you're, you'll you'll know that you're not getting we're not pushing other products on you. Mm-hmm. We're not. We don't. I I'm not. I don't do affiliate marketing, um, that sort of thing. It's really all like I'm obsessed and very focused on helping people make habit shifts. Yeah. Um, in a fun and simple way. So I love it. Yeah. Is there also either now or in the future like a community aspect? Yes. To it, we're growing the community. Um, over the summer mm-hmm. in, in a association with that. And so the community space will be an area where you're safe and welcome mm-hmm. to ask questions. I think especially what I've heard from people is, you know, they want to know, is this really a, you know, an eco-friendly product? Mm-hmm. Um, or is there something that is better fit for me? I use things in the X, Y, or Z way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the community can be a really great way to, um, great space to do that. 
you know, I can give feedback, mm-hmm. but um, I think an area where you're talking to peers as well is really you, you'll get much better and, mm-hmm. you know, a wider universe of responses. Mm-hmm. And in one that you're nobody's going to, um, or it's very unlikely that somebody will pop in and be like, well, that's not very great, you know? Yeah. Like, we're very focused on, I don't know if moderating is the right word, but just cultivating yeah. the type of community and support and, um, you know, recognition that we're all here trying to do the best that we can, mm-hmm. and that's great. Yeah. So, um, so there, there's that aspect to it, and then also having, you know, expert um, experts come on to be able to share in specific areas. You know, mm-hmm. we're hearing a lot and, and looking at some deep dives into areas about um, food, mm-hmm. and especially, like, food for families. It's mm-hmm. an area that a lot of people are struggling with, um, making healthy food that people like and will want to eat that's mm-hmm. also you know, planet friendly mm-hmm. is an area that um, people struggle with. So focusing on something, you know, doing a deep dive into that or doing a deep dive into, um, you know, what what are um, ways that you can even start a compost pile? Like mm-hmm. how hard is that? Because, you know, is there is there an easy way to do that? Yeah. Um, uh, and so something, you know, focused on a do-it-yourself or here are the top three compost products that people tend to use or types of products. Um, you know, helping make some of that like demystified in a way that's yes. useful and easy to get going on. Yeah. I love it all. I love it, love it, love it. I will link to all the things so Great. people can follow along and join in. So I think no matter what people are into, community just makes it so much more kind of alive. Yes. Um, people are always looking for, I don't know if like-minded is really the right word, but like just that connection, connecting thread to other people, yes. no matter what stage we're in, if we've got little tiny babies or, you know, almost teenagers like I have, exactly. um, or we're retired or whatever, you kind of, you're always looking for those connecting threads. So I love that aspect of it. I know the next phase, you asked like, what's next yeah. with this? And I think the, um, you know, I was looking at different circles of impact people can have, and mm-hmm. I really want to help people start in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that feels most accessible. Yeah. You know, it's hard to think about what, how you can control things outside of yourself. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that there is a, so much value to contacting your representatives and all of this, but that can feel like too big of a step for so many people. Mm-hmm. When I talk to people, that, that that feels like a little bit much. But the next step out of yourself is connecting to your community. And so the next version um, or the next step of this is then, you know, helping people connect within their communities for neighborhood or community-based um, either small projects mm-hmm. or days of action or days of connection or, you know, yeah. whatever we want to call that. And so I'm working, there's some local, um, two local guys who are great that are working on how we can, um, translate that into, um, I don't know, this is going to sound really nerdy, uh, GIS, which is geographical information system. Uh-huh. But, um, they are working on a platform that can, um, basically help people connect to, information around them but as well as people Mm -hmm. and so there are a variety of different ways um, and this their platform might be a really useful way to Mm -hmm. help place-based connections um, make sense and you know track different things like is there an air quality monitor that people can Mm -hmm. look at near their area to see oh what's been looking like in the past couple months or is there um, a pollinator garden you can go and help on a day of activity or connection or something like that Um, you know are people going for a bike ride for ice cream or something. You yeah. Know, it could be as lighthearted or service-oriented yeah. um, as people want. But that'll be, I think they're looking at more the fall for that. But, okay. So um, 
after I, I get the shift going, which is the, what the game is going to be called. Um, I love then, it. Then um, that will be the next way to, to grow and deepen. And so, you know, thinking of the natural way, you plant the seed, you yeah. develop the roots, grow out, and yeah. up. I freaking love it. It's going to be so big and great. Thank you. Yes, I believe it. Um, okay, anything else you want to share about tree sugar or other things you have going on? Man, I think um, I think we covered a lot of it. Okay. I, I wish that I, I wish I had my elevator speech down. As you can tell, <laughs> this is so That's fresh and authentic. It's, <laughs> it's fine. It's an hour-long podcast. So okay. I, you don't need an elevator speech here. Um, yeah, they tell you you're supposed to have those, but eh, you know. I'll get to it. Right? <laughs> People like a conversation. It's fine. Um, so there are some questions that I always ask people at the end awesome. of the interview. Um, so these do not have to be like deeply thought out. Just whatever you, whatever comes to mind is totally fine. Okay. So um, we talked a little bit about connection. Yeah. Um, are there other ways that we might not have talked about yet that people that are looking to deepen their connection with other people or create more community, um, things that you think about that either you've done or just you think are good ways to pursue that? If that's mm-hmm. what people are looking for. Yeah, I think, um, so it's, you know, I approach this from like thinking about answering this question in a couple different ways. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm on, I'm active in our um, community association, so the ECA, which mm-hmm. tends to be pretty community oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the, the best ways that people can do is look what, if there are um, activities or uh, events or um possibilities from you know a community-based organization mm-hmm. that can you can get involved with I think that's an easier go-to and usually usually these organizations are very interested in being accessible inviting and yeah. welcoming I, I have not heard of one that's I mean it's different than like a housing association where they're like well you have to have your flowers at this length yes. this much grass you on may your not lawn. build a shed that's right no. <laughs> it's, community, community <laughs> organizations are different than that but um but so that's a, a great way to get involved. And I, I also think, you know, to not overthink it. Yes. Um, yeah. And just start a conversation. You know, I feel really lucky that I moved onto a block that's really connected mm-hmm. and there's a lot of friendships there. I think it has a lot to do with there were some early on some people that were just very social mm-hmm. and came out and talked to people. And not that we don't have a block of extroverts, there are definitely introverts on our street too that need their downtime and. Um, and that sort of thing too, but I think it really, you know, having people that were starting conversations, expressing appreciation, I think that can be a great way to start something that's meaningful. Yes. Um, and so it doesn't always have to be looking at a, a specific way, but I think even just talking to your neighbor, getting to know him or her or them better, like, yes. um, that's a great way to, to get started or looking to events that are already happening. I know mm-hmm. in Easttown we have you know, different, like picnic in the park mm-hmm. or dig into spring, you know, whether it's more service or um, relationship, neighborhood developing. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different ways that those sorts of organizations can. But Yeah, I like the service-oriented events. I just, because I like to have a job. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I don't seem introverted on the podcast, but I'm super introverted in that kind of a setting. And, but if I have a job, then I can, like, talk to the person that has the job next to me or whatever. It feels like a vehicle to connect. Totally. Yeah. If you can be busy with your hands. Yeah. You don't have to figure out what to do with them while you're talking. Yes. 
I'm always like, put me by the food table or scooping ice cream yeah. or pulling the weeds or whatever, because then I can, like, that somehow allows me to speak to other people. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think that they're, you know, I think of kids' food basket, too, like, where you go and just yeah. assemble sack um, suppers yeah. or lunches or whichever meal and, um, you know, things that you have to do something else. It can take the overwhelm out of yes. that sort of thing. You can talk about what you're doing until you feel comfortable enough to talk about something else. Exactly. Yes. I love that. Um, and the not overcomplicating. Somebody was, I don't know if it was an article on Facebook or something was floating around the interwebs mm-hmm. um, about the, like, something called, like, I don't think it was called a half-ass potluck, but it was, like, something like that, that it was just, like, bring your leftovers or whatever. Like, people just bring, like, just stuff. Like, the whole point is not the, like, fancy layout of the food, the charcuterie board or whatever. It's just the, like, (laughs) you just bring something, a bag of chips, and so that people just get together. Yeah, I love that idea. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, we can always build up this, oh, am I doing it right? Am I, you know... Yeah. Good enough in this way or that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Next question. So are there spaces or what types of spaces or people make you feel the most seen and heard? So like for who Marta is, Mm. you know, that's a, goes a little deep on the second question. Um, Because I think a lot of people have to wear like this particular hat over here and this particular hat over here or whatever, and they're not fully seen, but what types of spaces? spaces where do you feel like you can be just you hmm that's a really good question I I think yeah part of this is I feel really comfortable in my own skin yeah that helps and it helps and and I know that there are privileges that help me feel that way so I I don't want to say I'm amazing (laughs) I also kind of am you know whatever that's fine I think it's um I think there was a a point along the way, and I don't know exactly when it was, but um, where I I care about being a good um, ally, I care about being a good friend, I care about having quality work for partners, Mm -hmm. you know, for when I was, you know, working at places for employers, I really cared about um, doing great things Mm -hmm. and the, the quality of, of what I was doing. I wanted to make sure that, you know, it was, it was up here and Mm -hmm. I I care about that. Um, I don't care Mm -hmm. about a lot of, um, surface level stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think I just at some point said, um, well, no matter what I look like or what people think of me, if people don't like that, I, you know, crack jokes Mm -hmm. or if people don't like, um, certain things, you know, that's not, I can't take responsibility for that. Yeah. Um, and that was something, I mean, it's interesting. I think at a former employer, like you have to take responsibility for every perception that people have of you. And yeah. I, 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 I was really bothered by that at first yes. because it's like, yeah, we, I, I like the idea, like we all have a responsibility and as leaders, cause I was on this, you know, leadership track, but as leaders, I think it is important to not just, um, blame other people for certain yeah. things. But, um, yeah, and, and, a, yeah, I think, I think what their intention was with that was that, you know, you can't just blame other people for what goes wrong. Sure. Um, however, I think, you know, it was also being applied in how people see you as a leader and how yeah. you, you know, and I think, you know, there's just so many biases that work, you know, as, so as a woman coming in, in a leadership position and looking to grow as a leader, um, I just saw the challenges and, yeah. and 
almost like you had to internalize their other people's barriers for you. And I was right. just like, why am I taking this on? Um, and so, I mean, I, I still was committed. I still am. I'm a very driven person. I don't know. I was just actually, somebody randomly, we were talking about the Enneagram at my coworking yes. space. And, you know, I, I was looking because I took it one time. And I do think that those personality or work things can often be um, reflective of who you are, but also the position that you're in yeah. or the role that you're taking on. So I think at the time, you know, I was in one, but one of them was achiever. I'm like, yeah, that's probably something that's through all of it. Like I, I am an ambitious person. Like I want to, um, you know, you know, be the one that's doing meaningful and awesome things. Um, and, in a, in a way that is authentic to me, but it, you know, I'm not someone that is really interested in making a lot of money, having a lot of fame, that sort of thing. So it's, yeah. you know, but regardless, um, I think as women, you know, we do it and people that maybe want to achieve and, um, do, you know, specific things. It's just harder, um, yeah. because there are all of those biases and there's all of that um, perception they deal with. And I mean, it's not as if I don't think I don't have to deal with this, but um, I just think I, I don't let it stop me from being who I am. And I've also seen examples where when I approach things and I feel like I am being authentically me, um, it hasn't turned out in a, um, in a way that has made me think, oh, this isn't good to be this person in this mm-hmm. space. I think usually, you know, what I bring when I am my thought and when I am my most authentic self, people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And, um, in, in whatever space you're in, whether it's, you know, neighbors or, um, you know, nonprofit organizations or when you're partnering with others on, you know, business stuff, like I, I think it's something that people should challenge themselves more, especially if they're feeling like they can't be their authentic selves. Um, I say this though, like I, I'm thinking about, well, what it's, what is it like for someone that's trans or someone, right. um, that isn't white, you know, like yep. there, there are things that, um, you know, I don't have experiences with that, um, I understand is really narrowed in, in where my experience is, but I still think that there are so many allies out there and there are so many people that want to see everyone be authentic and feel comfortable within within their lives and within their skin that yeah I I'd say just do more of it yeah and, and I think to... it's contagious I really do yeah. if you're showing up even if you're not saying like hello I'm Marta and this is my authentic self like yeah. we're not speaking that we people... should have those name tags made though <laughs> so you can know like oh you're just uh, I mean, my gut was telling me that anyway, but the name tag now, you're, you're now not we know. Yes, just the graphic T that says authentic self. Yeah. Um, even though we're not speaking those words, I think people do, um, the freedom of that is contagious. So if you're walking into a room with your kind of self-assuredness or whatever you bring with you, that gives the other people that may have aspects of themselves that are marginalized, it gives them the safety, permission, whatever, to show up as their authentic self yeah, as totally. well. Yeah, I love that. So if um, somebody saw your list of, like, accomplishment roles, titles, kind okay. of, you know, resume, that kind of thing, what would they be either getting wrong, mm. like, what might they assume about you that's wrong, or what's just kind of missing from that? What's between all those lines? Mm. Yeah, I think, 
I don't know what the, people would get wrong because I think it's hard to know what people see because I think when we, you know, read something and we're reading our own story into that, yeah. it's hard for me to know. Yeah. So, but I would say, I mean, I have a lot of leadership and, um, you know, I, I'm a pretty involved person mm-hmm. in different, you know, issues. So I, they might say, oh, she's involved. She's, um, she has leadership. But there's also like, I don't know. I don't know if people have noticed this, but, you know, there are gaps that I have mm-hmm. in um, in between things. And so, for example, even when I was in college, I took a year off to go work in Nazareth with a women's wow, um, cool. rights organization. Yeah. And then, um, and then came back, struggled a bit, took more years off just working and just trying to get it all together. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, you know, in between the things that you want to show people and showcase and be proud of, there are lots of times of struggle. And I think everybody has that. Oh, for sure. So I think knowing that everyone comes to the table with their own struggles and their own experiences, you know, I think that that's the biggest thing I would tell people Mm -hmm. in terms of what's, what they're not seeing. Mm -hmm. Maybe not what they're getting wrong, but like what they're not seeing. Yeah. And not that that is, I don't know. I, I actually, I thought about this too when I, in the past, like, before I focused on my own um, startup when I was sending out resumes and, and stuff, you know, is this is this authentic, what I'm sending out? Because mm-hmm. I, I want it to ring true. Like, you don't want to sit there and be like, well, um, this is when, th- these are the years that I really struggled. Like, uh-huh. you know, the struggle years, 1999 <laughs> right. to whatever. I don't know. Self-employed, um, not really, dot, dot. Yes. Know, right? Yes. This is when I worked three jobs yes. and... Um, biked everywhere because I couldn't afford a car repair. You know, <laughs> yes. like those this, that that isn't often something you would list on there. And you know, obviously, you know, you want to put your best face forward, but you know, making sure that it's all authentic, which you know, I I believe that I have. But um, I just, yeah, it, you'd be surprised what experiences people have. Yeah, um, that they are. I'm I'm pretty open about mine, um, but I don't know. Just yeah, don't don't assume or you know, try to remember to give people space and know, like, yeah. wow, everyone kind of has some challenges. Everyone has struggles, whether it's now or in the past. Yeah. And that the pauses and the shifts and the development times are so valuable. I mean, yeah. that's some people should, it doesn't always feel super valuable when you're, like, up in it. But um, the, heard, like, shift of direction and all that, like, those are the, that's the juicy stuff. Yes. There was, in a particularly bad moment in my life, I was having just it was a really rough situation and I had a professor tell me like honestly it doesn't sound good right now what I'm <laughs> saying but this is the stuff that's going to give you that thick skin to deal with like all the rest of it that's coming and mm-hmm. I just remember being so pissed yeah like that's not and helpful then, I know like what <laughs> you're telling me it's only gonna get worse right and this is supposed <laughs> to make me feel better and like oh it was it was just that moment but it was honestly you know the reason that I remember that is because it is also true you know those experiences where you just feel at the yeah, you're at the bottom or you're just struggling so much they um, they do help you grow and learn mm-hmm. different things about yourself how you want to live your life what you want to do um, how resilient you are yeah um, those sorts of things so it, yeah it, it is important but it's never fun to hear. In the no. I was just telling you this. It's a blessing that didn't work out. And I'm not a big, like, hashtag blessings person. Right. But <laughs> anyway, but I, I was just trying to say, you know, it, it, 
it feels bad now. Yeah. But you're gonna you might look back on this and I think you will and say, I'm glad that that didn't work out. And they're like, Yeah, yeah I'm glad I didn't have that income. And I thought, Okay, valid, valid. Right. The income would be nice right now. Yes. Yeah. Or when people say like, I mean, a year from now you're gonna look back, and I'm just like, a year? I know. What? Why not a week from now? Right. Come on. People always said that when like I had little bitty babies, and they'd be like, I mean, oh. six months from now, yeah, it's just gonna be easy breezy, and oh, I'm just man. like, I'm gonna die right now yes. in these next twelve hours. <laughs> I just have to find better phrases to encourage people, but it's true. I mean, the I hard the thing one, is, it's true. The one right now is like, it's your, it's just a season, right? <laughs> like this is just the season where everything is terrible and you never sleep. Yeah. Oh, cool. What a season. So spring. Yeah. Who just knew? Really sink into that season. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> So, last question is favorite things. Okay. I just like hearing about what lights okay. people up. What do you like? It could be like an actual thing, okay. or a doing oh. something, or um, <laughs> could be super serious or lighthearted or small or big. Okay. Doesn't matter. We will fully embrace my crunchiness and say one of my favorite <laughs> things right now are mason jars. Of course, say. they are. Like yes. The typical crunchy, <laughs> like kind of hipstery thing, whatever. And no, yeah. I love. I've been loving, especially these. I think they're twenty-four or thirty-two ounce, or twenty-four or thirty-two ounce wide mouth mason jars because you can blend shakes in them with my immersion blender. I love it. Make baby food, which we don't actually do anymore. That was in the past, but make smoothies for me and my daughter. I can also like throw water in there, whatever. It's just multi-purpose. Mo- I love things that are multi-purpose and like useful and all like you really enjoy using them and mm-hmm. it's not like oh we can make it work in this way so i i love that because it's also you know i just like i don't know i like drinking from glass glasses and mm-hmm. so the fact that they're glasses just even yeah i don't know it's it maybe it sounds really specific. cute i mean i know they're kind of the thing right now yeah they but are, which, I you know, part still, of me right against that. <laughs> I know. Like, no. Why did everyone catch up on the Pinterest with the mason jars? Um, but they're real. I like them. Yeah. I know. There's something, yeah. basic, yeah, there's something beautiful about having something basic and useful that you also aesthetically like. It's kind of a rare, like, trifecta. Yes. Yeah. And you're a card-carrying environmentalist. I know. Person. You have to oh like gosh. mason jars. You just have no way around it. <laughs> Anything else that comes to mind that you're loving? Man, right now I've been, this is going to sound, oh gosh, I don't know, really, <laughs> but I've been really liking running lately. I um, Because I think, especially postpartum, um, it, when I was getting into running, it was this way that I'm like, oh, here are, at the you know first 15 to 20 minutes. Yep. And now I've increased it, but just where I'm by myself, like it almost can be meditative. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, there's just something that lifts like your anxiety or yeah. the heaviness of what you're feeling. And all of a sudden, I don't know, it's a serotonin thing, obviously, yeah. but like, um, yeah, there's something really great about the experience of having the clear headspace and feeling physically awesome. Mm-hmm. So I've been really enjoying that and trying to, um, especially as I'm getting older, physically make my body be okay with running. Life. Yes. So I've been, I did my first half marathon at the Gazelle Girl, which I love that race. Very cool. Um, very supportive and like cheering everybody on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been, I don't know, looking at maybe, you know, doing another longer-ish race, but it's 
it's hard to take several hours and be away from kids and especially yeah. on the weekends like that's when I do my long run um, which I love having I don't know it sounds I even it sounds feels like foreign words coming out of my mouth like what is going on but it's just nice to have time and space to do those and I think it's hard for me to get that when I'm in mom mode yeah um or um when I'm out and about you know doing work and you know you're connecting with people or you're wanting to get your product you know here's my list of things that I've got to get done today yeah um it's hard to have that space and so that's Mm -hmm. when I have been able to feel like okay now I'm disconnecting from all that I'm just doing this thing for my physical body for my mental yeah state it's really that's been something I've been really liking um that that I think refuels me. Yeah, I love it. Do you run around your like urban environment, or do you go somewhere and I usually run, run in the, the nature? Run around the lake. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I mean, I, I if we had the only time I get jealous of the West Side is mm-hmm. thinking about like oh those you know like you've got the cat trails and all that. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, I run around Reed's Lake. I've been also going through like Aquinas and then yeah. up to. Um, Where's another place? There's another place that I was like, oh, wow, there's water. I like water. Like yeah. Water, there's something about water that I like me around. But then also, you know, being in um, big trees. Yeah. Um, I think in Japan they call them nature baths. Oh, yes. Which is sounds kind of hippy-dippy, but. But um, sounds amazing. I know. And, yes. And, and that's true. Like, I think about, oh, when I go hiking or when I'm in the woods, it does, like, there's this calm and there's this, um, you know, feeling of connection in the world that yeah. you it's something unique when you're out there and, um, and it kind of like, you know, you let go of some of the, oh man, I mean, it sound really old, hustle and bustle. <laughs> um, fine. but yeah, just, you yes. know, the, the feelings of like a little anxiousness and yeah. all the city life is awesome, but mm-hmm. there are things that go along with it that I yeah. think getting a break in, in the woods can be well. So I've been trying to find some different things. It's easy cause I know I love n- kind of not having to think a lot about stuff. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> just going. And so I know, like, oh, th- if I go, you know, once around the lake, it's this many miles from my home, and then, you know, different streets or whatever. If I go twice around the lake, it's this many. So it's, yeah. like, that predictability has been really nice for me, but I have been trying to because um, it's also a really popular route. Yeah. And so I, I'm trying There's to a find a lot of some, fitness happening over there. Fitness <laughs> and, and different speeds of fitness. Yep. And a lot of like dodge the dogs and the <laughs> strollers and the people and oh yeah. Yes. So that's what's something I'm like, okay, maybe I need to find some, you know, other paths to yeah. run. But mm-hmm. I, it's a beautiful area. And so I really like that. But yeah, it's, and then also finding places where you don't have to cross a lot of streets. Like that is one of the yeah. things that I like about this route. But if I could... Yeah. Before when I would be, it was several years ago when I was feeling nervous about being out in the world as a runner. Yeah. Um, you know, not feeling like I was the fittest person. And so like, okay, I need to go hide myself. Yeah. And I would go drive yeah. to a trail where, you know, I wouldn't be running in my area. So nobody has to see me like mm-hmm. jostling around. Um, but now I don't know. I, um, I just have it. I've gone through, um, you know, it's the health and fitness group and just gotten really confident and like, you know what? I'm a runner if I go running. Yeah. That's fine. And not everyone is a size two and that's cool too. Yep. If you're out running, that's awesome. If you're yeah. out walking, cool. Yeah. Doing anything. It's just, I don't know. I've just gotten to, I don't know if it's like, but what would somebody say? Like body, ex- not it's body acceptance, but like 
just being cool and, yeah. and like the neutrality or something like yeah, yeah you're going to feel not great some days and yep. you're going to feel awesome some days and just being like this is my body and mm-hmm. it's doing some stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I'm moving exactly yes. yeah I think specifically I'm not a runner but I feel like that is like a title people will say like yeah. I am a runner yes. not like I go running occasionally but yeah. saying like you're a runner yeah. is a thing and yeah if you're running you're a runner yeah you're fine it's cool yes. yeah it's not an excu- exclusive yes club. yes well, I love every single little tiny thing that you're doing. It's Thank just you. fantastic. I don't, we were talking before we recorded, like, how did I find it? I, I have no idea, but I'm glad I did. And just I think. quietly recording my analytics of, like, how people get right? it and, like, how I can improve that. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea. Sorry, yeah. Facebook. Probably. Really, yeah. It's some, somehow I got led to the Facebook page. And I will lead all the people that listen oh, cool. to Thank the Facebook you. page as well and your website so they can follow along because I know they're going to want to. Uh-huh. It's just, it's so needed, like you said. I yeah. think this particular slice of the pie was missing a little bit. So I love it. And um, I'm just so appreciative that you came over today. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a fun conversation. For us to work together, create community, and make small changes that are shifts in the right direction. I know I have felt overwhelmed by all that truly needs to be done to change the trajectory of damage to our environment, and that can make me feel guilty and embarrassed and even shameful, even though that sounds a little bit traumatic, but truly, when we feel powerless, we move inward rather than reaching out to link arms with other people who are very likely feeling a similar way. So be sure to follow Tree Shrugger on all the socials and sign up for the email list. You can follow her on Facebook and Instagram. I have linked to both of those in the show notes, just like I always do. And the email list you can sign up for right on her website. That is also in the show notes, of course. I know Tree Shrugger is going to grow and change and evolve in the coolest ways, so you'll want to stay connected to Marta's work. I'm going to do that my very best to get the next episode up in a little bit of a quicker turnaround than this one, but no promises, you guys. Summer in Michigan is approximately 1.2 seconds long, so I need to make the most of my lazing around in the outdoors, right? You feel me? So until next time, take the middle seat. I know there is connection and magic and a shift that will happen right there.